0: Celebrating Christ our King Lifting up
1: Oh, greetings, everyone. Welcome to Hotline Ministry. I'm Pastor Harold Noyes, pastor of the Community Christian Church in Athens, Vermont. And alongside of me is uh, my co-host, Pastor Timothy Golden. He is pastor of Life on Main in Charlestown, New Hampshire. And I know I speak for Tim and for myself. We certainly want to uh, express our sincere wishes that each and every one of you would have a very happy and, and joyous uh, Christmas. Um, and that truly... Christ would be the center of your Christmas. We started with a a question. What would you consider to be um, the main message of the Christmas message? And so often when we read the Christmas stories, Tim, in in Matthew or whether it be in Luke, you know, we we tend to picture just this, this cuddly little baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and you know, doing other cooing and all the stuff that babies do and, and things like that. But is that
0: really the the, the main message of, of Christmas for you and me? Not at all. Not at all. Um it was necessary to get the ball rolling. Yep if you will. But we of course know that it wasn't just that God was up there just said, Well, you know what, I wanna give them gifts so why don't I come down in the form of a baby? Yep. You know, and just kinda of hang out with them for a while. That wasn't what it was about. It was about something much deeper. It was about a need that goes all the way back to the beginning of man. Mm -hmm. When we chose to walk away from God, we stepped out of a relationship, a very close relationship God wanted to have with us. And God at that point looked down and said, no, there's going to come a day I'm going to restore this relationship. And that day started when Jesus was born. But it reached its... um, First manifestation mm-hmm. at the cross, not at the manger.
1: Yeah, I, and I really think that is true. I think that, that if we were to truly look at the full meaning of Christmas, now, once again, as you so well stated, you know, it had to start with the baby. There's no doubt mm-hmm. about that. And, and certainly, in order for the full meaning of Christmas to really come to full effect, is that Jesus spent 33 years mm-hmm. living as mankind living in the flesh God himself in our fle- in the flesh and going through the trials and the tribulations and in all of which which he went through and Hebrews tells us that that he was touched with the infirmities of us mm-hmm. so we know that that it all had to start there my problem I guess and it's not really a problem but the way I see it is is society and our culture especially in the states I don't know how they do it in other countries but here in the States, is we, we put so much emphasis on the baby mm. and not on why the baby was here. Mm-hmm. What he had to go through. What it was that, that he was really, God was intending to do for those 33 years right. that the baby was on this earth. Mm-hmm. You know, grow up and go through adolescence and go through all the other, other things and become man and have a carpentry business, you know, work on the carpentry business with his um earthly father, I guess you call it, you know, and, and then to, to die and to do what he had to do. But uh-huh. the real message, in my view, is found in Matthew chapter 1, verse 21. And this is what it says. And she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. Uh-huh. That brings us to the topic of what now we are studying here on Heartline Ministry, and that is the 31 reasons Jesus came to this earth. We know that the very first reason was what? To fulfill the will of the mm-hmm. Father. Now, all of the other 30 are going to be wrapped around the first one, to fulfill mm-hmm. the will of the Father. But what is the key will of the Father? To send his Son to save sinners of which you and I are chief, you know. Yeah. Yeah. And and to to do that, to bring a people to himself. Yeah. And that is the that is the whole purpose. Mm-hmm. In fact, in, in Luke's gospel, chapter two, verse eleven, Luke Dr. Luke says this, for unto us is born this day in the city of David a saviour. To me that is the key. A Saviour was born which is Christ the Lord. Mm-hmm. So why was he born? He was born to be
0: the Savior. <laughs> well, the very, the very fact that he was told in the previous verse that you read um, to Joseph, as well as to Mary um, in another portion of uh, Luke's Gospel in Chapter 1, um, that both of them were told, you will call his name Jesus. And of course, the name Jesus in the original Hebrew means... To rescue or mm-hmm. to save. So that was the reason why you were to give him this name. Because he was to save, but not just save. It was a specific type of saving that was going to happen. And that saving was to save men from their sins. And in fact, my mind goes back also to the account of the uh, of the shepherds as well, which we um, read in scriptures. and bring up the scripture here real quick as I get access to my notes. Um Sometimes it pays to be more like you and be a little more old-fashioned, actually write it down rather than putting it on a computer. But uh, so um, I did shut it down. But we also read in Luke's gospel uh, the account of the shepherds, which I believe was also in Luke chapter 2. Mm-hmm. And you see there as well that what did the angels say? And, and that's from um, a bit of where, where you read before, that you'll find him in the city of David, a savior. Which is Christ the Lord. And and so you see with all three, Mary, with Joseph, and with the shepherds, every one of them, the first proclamation was, understand this about Jesus. He is coming to save from sin. Right. It is not about him coming as the Messiah so much, you know, as you read in Isaiah, in the book of Isaiah, when we read, For unto us a child is born, you know, that wonderful uh lyrics that we find from Handel's Messiah, right? Mm -hmm. Um, but what they're making very, very clear here, what God really want to make us understand is that the reason he is the Messiah is because he is chosen for something very specific. And it's not to come and simply exercise his muscle over earthly kingdoms, which they were almost expecting that day. Right. It's about something much greater. It's again, as we talked about, even when we were in the book of Matthew for these last two years... It wasn't about the temporal; it was about the eternal. Right, exactly. And, and that's what we're seeing here: is this This isn't about a Messiah that's just being chosen to bring some sort of salvation from tyranny. It's salvation from the worst type of tyranny that which robs your soul from the kingdom of heaven to the kingdom of hell. And Jesus is coming to break that wall.
1: Yeah, and and I think that I think you really hit it very you know wonderfully is.
0: So many people
1: today in our world, and it's, and it's been down through the ages, mm-hmm. you know, even from the beginning of time, that, that, you know, since the fall of man, people have been under a constant tyranny, right. if you will, mm-hmm. and because we we know that there's a, a great spiritual battle going on. Mm-hmm. You know, you have two forces, and whether people want to believe these or not, there are two forces. You have the devil on one side, and you got Christ Jesus on the other side, and there was a great battle going on for man's soul. So, <clears throat> excuse me, Jesus had to come to win that battle for man's soul, mm-hmm. so that he could be the savior. Right. Because mankind could not win the battle on their own.
0: That's it. None yeah. of
1: us could keep the law. None of us could keep the Ten Commandments. None of us could keep the standards in which God mm-hmm. has set. That's why Christ had to come as a baby. I believe. Mm-hmm. and go through all the effects of, of mankind, go through all the effects of humanity,
0: mm-hmm.
1: in order to be able to
0: fulfill to the letter mm-hmm. what God had, had put as a standard. Yeah. Well, what I like is, um, I thought Romans chapter 5 mm-hmm. puts it beautifully as far as, because, yeah, okay, so he came to save us from our sins, but do we really need, you know, what is sin, and do we really need saving from this after all? And Romans chapter 5, and I'm going to kind of encapsulate, I'm not going to read all the verses, but it's basically verses 12 through 21, Um, and I'm just going to read a few of those verses. But uh, the Apostle Paul had this to say. He said, therefore, just as sin came into the world through one man, and of course we know Mm -hmm. that one man was Adam, and death came through sin. And so death spread to all men because all sinned, just because of that one man. Therefore, as one trespass or sin led to condemnation for all men, so one act of righteousness leads to justification and life for all men. Of course, that's choosing. We receive it. Right. Um, And then verse 19, For as by the one man's disobedience, that being Adam's disobedience, many were made sinners, so by the one man's obedience, that being Jesus Christ, the many will be made righteous, so that as sin reigned in death, Grace also might reign through righteousness leading to eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. So it's this okay. aspect that, you know, we, yeah, we didn't bring sin into the world, but whether we like it or not, we're born into it. Right. The interesting thing with babies, you don't have to teach them so much how to do bad. I find infants know how to do that pretty yeah. well on their own because we learn to say no quite yep. a bit for yep. a very specific reason. We're, we're inclined. To do things that are wrong to to want to sin and so he had to come to break that uh because in our own accord we couldn't and, and he to make that very clear to us from start with genesis chapter two all the way through the old testament and re, you know you really see this aspect of number one how prone we are to sin but then how god gives the law of moses and exodus and then you see from there through the rest of the old testament that we cannot keep the law, no matter how hard we try. Our natural tendency is to keep falling back into sin. That the law couldn't save us. The only thing that could save us was the blood of Jesus Christ. Yeah.
1: Yep. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, we, we look at it, and once again in, in, in teaching my doctrine class that I do on Tuesday night, you know, in sharing the Romans five, you know, uh, scripture, you have the first Adam, which is Adam, uh-huh. and then you have the second Adam which is Christ Jesus. And, you know, the difference between the two is phenomenal. You Mm -hmm. know, you get the first Adam that fell into sin, you get the second Adam who destroyed the power of sin and of death, you know, and and gave us this new life eternal. Mm -hmm. So, you know, for us to look at what is the real meaning? What is the real message of Christmas? You know, we're doing a cantata, by the way, just take a moment for an appetizer. Go ahead. We're doing a cantata this coming Sunday. Tim's uh, church is doing their cantata on, at 11 o'clock, mm-hmm. right, at, at Life on Main in Charlestown. And we at, at CCC of Athens, on the Lower Road in Athens, at 6 p.m. Sunday, we're doing our cantata. And we'd love to invite you to come out mm-hmm. to both, you know, uh, go over to Tim's church and, and listen to the cantata they're doing, and then come over to our Athens and listen to the cantata. Ours is uh, entitled uh, The Greatest Story Ever Told Mm -hmm. and It goes from you know the little baby But and then it goes and talks about the real account Mm -hmm. of what Christmas should be you know And that has to do with the cross And it has to do with Christ being the Savior. What's the name of the cantata
0: you folks? What we're doing is one put, uh, put out last year I think it was by Word Publishing called Song of Joy and ours actually begins a similar uh, comes out a little different perspective, but starts kind of similarly, that before there could be the cross, there had to be the manger, you yep. know, that you couldn't have one without the other. But to think that Christmas was just about the manger, we've missed the whole meaning of yep. it. Yep. Um, and it's just amazing um, how much what we know about Christmas ties to the cross, because You know, you you think about the the Christmas account and the virgin birth. And I know we talked about this a little bit when we talked on the book of Matthew. But the virgin birth was so crucial Mm -hmm. to this whole principle. Because again, um, just as, as we just stated, if Romans 5 is correct, which we know it to be true, and Genesis chapter 1 and 2 are correct, we know that sin came in through Adam. Anybody born through Adam was going to have the sin nature. Right. Nobody would be able to escape it. It was a given fact. The only possible way for there to be any kind of human being available that could actually be free of sin could not be born of a man. It could right. not be born of Adam yep. or any of Adam's male descendants. Therefore, a virgin birth was a necessity It had to be conceived by the Holy Spirit to avoid that sin nature that would have been that that, that was a natural result of what was to come. So even in the virgin birth, Mm -hmm. we see the intentionality of the father to make sure that this baby that was gonna be born. Through Jesus Christ, who of course didn't just come into existence. Then, as we talked about last week, he right. was—he was before time, right? Book of Revelation. He was the Alpha and Omega, beginning and the end. Before right. he, he was at the before time way began, it's like eternity past to eternity future. Right. You know, as you've—I've uh, heard you mention some of your passages. I love that phrase. Um, but for him to be able to be born, had to be of a virgin. Only. Yeah.
1: You, know, yeah. you know, one of the cautions, Tim, and I, and I think it'd be good for us to, to share this with our audience. Is is if you are you know, if you read the scriptures, mm-hmm. there are a lot of new translations out that that call Mary simply a young woman. Mm. And I personally take strong offense to that. Yeah. Because it has to be if it if it if it wasn't if Jesus did not come via the Virgin, right, then he's not the Christ.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, and, and to me to call Mary just simply a young woman, then then that does a great disservice it does. on the whole plan in which God had orchestrated mm-hmm. for you and me to be able to have a savior, mm-hmm. to be able to know that there was someone who came and plucked me or saved me from the grips of hell, from mm-hmm. the grips of the devil, from the grips of of natural life, if you will. You know, he's, he's plucked us out of that. Mm-hmm. I love what Jude, you know, Jude is only one chapter. And you go around, like, verse 25 in Jude where it says, of some having compassion, even plucking them from the fire. Well, that's what my Savior did for me, mm-hmm. you know, because he is my Savior. He yeah. he rescued me, you know, and he rescued you. And I hope that each one who is watching this program knows mm-hmm. the fact that Christ came to rescue them, mm-hmm. From the world, from the flesh, from the devil, and from, you know, the mankind of itself, you Mm -hmm. know, to speak of, really. Because um, he came to be my Savior.
0: He did. And uh, and, and that brings us close to that very famous passage of John 3.16, For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son that whoever would believe in him would not perish but have everlasting life. But then we we do to disservice to end there. you got to read verse 17 Absolutely. where it says, For he did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. Right. That was his heart. His heart was love and compassion. Now, if we choose not to accept that, there's something else that will result. Because um, if you take that passage of Romans 5 that we read before about the... Um, how sin entered into, through one man, and uh, redemption also came through a man. Earlier in that chapter, uh, in the book of Romans, he goes on to talk about the very fact... I just lost my train of thought. <laughs> so bear with me. Let, let let me turn over there to to re- we get He got a very short train. I tell you, I, sh- I shouldn't have had that Snickers bar before we came in here. I think I think that's the case. Uh, I'm glad um, it happened to somebody else besides me. But uh, what what were we saying before that? I might mean, have really totally lost that train.
1: Well, yeah, that, that that you know here we are, you know, going all the way back to to sin came by one man. One
0: man also came righteousness, and his name is Jesus Christ. Yes. And if you take that back just a little bit further, it did finally come back to me. it are starting to get back on the rail, right? When you started talking, <laughs> is um, just going down through my notes here because I had to close to the end that Jesus, when he brought salvation, actually had a threefold purpose. There wasn't only salvation from sin, and that was first and foremost. We also have the fact that he didn't just save us from sin toward God; he saved us from separation from God, yep. and he saved us from the wrath of God. Right, right. You know, and and it pinpoints that in verses um, 8 through 10 of Romans chapter 5. So you have to understand that if we choose not to, if we choose to only let him stay as a baby and not become the Jesus on the cross and the Jesus who rose from the dead, then what we do is we basically leave ourselves in a place of being judged mm-hmm. you know where we will suffer the wrath of God right we will suffer separation from God because of our sin toward God the only way to get free of that is to receive him not just at the manger but at the cross
1: you know one of the neat things that, that you know I've read um, and I'm trying to think of where the address is but he goes and says if we judge ourselves we will not be judged hmm And what he's really talking about is if you and I would come to recognizing Jesus Christ as Savior, Mm -hmm. why he came, what he accomplished when he came, Mm -hmm. and to really honor him for that Mm -hmm. by trusting him to become our Savior, then we have already prejudged Mm -hmm. ourselves, and God does not have to judge us right? because we know that, you know, even at the end of time. You know, there's going to be two judgments, but the judgment seat of Christ is not a judgment as we would think of it. We're not standing before a judge to be condemned. Actually, we're standing before the judge to be rewarded, mm-hmm. you know, which, is, which so blows everybody's mind that mm-hmm. for us who have trusted Christ, who have already judged ourselves as sinners who needs a Savior, mm-hmm. that God is saying, okay, since you've judged yourself, now... You're my child, you have trusted mm-hmm. Christ as your Savior. Now, as you work for Me, as you serve Me, mm-hmm. here's your rewards, yeah. and those are the crowns, the hay, wood, and stubble, or the silver, gold, and precious stone, and <clears throat> excuse me, and things of that nature mm-hmm. that He has that He has given to us. But so, so He came to be a Savior, and like you said, you know, the, the three things, and, and what were they? The, you
0: know, it was sin toward God, separation from God, and the wrath of God. So God, so Jesus
1: had a threefold ministry
0: mm-hmm.
1: that He completed, that He absolutely fulfilled when He came to be our Savior. Mm-hmm. But He He let us know, even at the beginning of Matthew one and also in Luke chapter two, that that was His purpose mm-hmm. was to be the Savior, yeah. not just some cuddly little baby that. And, and I love babies, you know, and and all that. But you know, mm-hmm. the thing is, is there's a whole lot more to it, mm-hmm.
0: and we we tend to not see it all mm-hmm. at Christmas. But we still, even though he came to do the saving, it still requires us to, oh come, let us adore him. Yes, right. So it still has an aspect of us needing to make a decision, and and as you mentioned, you know that judging of ourselves, and in a sense, isn't that really what humility is? Mm-hmm. It's seeing ourselves for who we are in light of who God is right you know and that's where true humility And, and psalm chapter 18 verse 27 says this for you save a humble people but the haughty eye you should bring down yeah you know that that hasn't incorporated judge yourselves so that you won't have to be judged. you know. Bring yourselves humbly and throw yourself on the mercy of the court, Yeah, <laughs> in a sense, and understand that by no works of righteousness that I have done do I have any right to enter into the kingdom of heaven except for one thing, that I chose to accept Jesus and the blood that he shed for me.
1: So that is the purpose, really, for Jesus coming as a baby and growing up to man
0: so that he could experience all the things that you and I experience. And isn't that the amazing piece of it? Yeah. He didn't have to. He could have just come down at 30, at, in a man's form at 33 years of age and just boop, come down, go up on the cross, be done with it. Yep. But he chose 33 years. Yep. And pardon me, but and like you said earlier, to go through puberty and everything, sure. you know? yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I remember those years very well. It was not a pleasant, pleasant time frame for me. And so, but the fact that he wanted to identify yeah. with us to that extreme, yeah.
1: you yeah. know, and, and I think what happens to us, uh, especially to say in the Christmas season, is we forget. Um, this is a song that I that I have just learned this year, and and I listen to almost every day because I love it so much. That Mary, you know, we sing we sing the song and it's a beautiful song and I sing it. I still mm-hmm. sing it. You know, we sing on oh, a silent night. Mm-hmm. The thing was, is was it really a silent night that mm-hmm. night? Because there's a song that that some Josh Turner or somebody has written called "A Labor of Love,"
0: mm-hmm.
1: talking about Mary. Mm-hmm. You know, so many people would think that Mary just had this easy labor. She had this easy delivery. You know she just woke up one day and there was a baby laying beside her and you know God did this miracle where she didn't have to have any pain or, or anything of that nature and that is the furthest thing from the truth mm. because if, if God had treated Mary that way then he wouldn't be a just God mm. because in Genesis what was the curse mm-hmm. a woman Mary was going to suffer pain. pain in birth Mary was not exempt from that as much as we, you know, we try to paint this rosy picture, mm-hmm. it really wasn't. I think you and I saw that, I mean, or no, I'm sorry, Patty and I saw that when we went down to, uh, to Sights and Sounds. They had a very vivid um, drama on the birth of Christ with Mary, and, and I just thought it was so well done because it wasn't this woman who just kind of fell asleep and had a baby. She was a woman who agonized in pain. She was a woman who bled. She was a woman who, I'm sure Joseph, when he was holding her hand, she probably broke his hand, you know. <laughs> I mean, if it's anything like my wife, you know, broke his hand and, and and screamed. And, you know, there were those things that happened. They had to have happened. Because if they had not happened that way, then Jesus would not be able to fulfill his ministry. Mm. Jesus was not, would not be able to be the, the Messiah or the Savior of the world, mm-hmm. because they had to go through all of
0: that. Yep.
1: Yeah. It says that Jesus was tempted in all ways like us, yet without sin. Mm-hmm. So what a, what a remarkable thing. This, this is a scripture verse that came to mind in 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 15. And, and I love this, because Paul is writing to young Timothy, and, you know, how sometimes, I don't know about you, Tim, but if you're, you know, if you're, if you're trying to train up a young guy to take over the ministry and, and so forth, you know, you're kind of trying to show him your good side, you know. Uh-huh. And, you know, I have come, and I have advanced, and I have done all this. But this is Timothy, uh, Paul writing to young Timothy, a young pastor, and he said this, This is the faithful saying, and worthy of all acceptation, that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, of whom I am chief. Mm. And believe me, folks, as you're watching this program, and, and anybody who's known us for any time at all, certainly you would look at me and say, yes, Pastor, you are chief. Yeah, Or, <laughs> yeah, or Pastor Tim, anybody knows Pastor Tim better. You know, we, are, we're, you know, were sinners yeah. saved by grace. Why? Because we needed a Savior, and His name is Jesus Christ, and that is what the message of Christmas is all about. Mm-hmm. You know yeah. that. Wait a minute. I am the chiefest mm-hmm. of sinners. Yeah. You know, I am the worst of the worst. Mm-hmm. But if God can save me, He can save anybody. Mm-hmm. You know, and I'm and I'm thinking of everybody who's watching. I don't care what country you're watching in or, or wherever. You know something. God came to save mm-hmm. the worst of
0: the worst, mm-hmm. and and he and the really key word I think, or one of the key words. There's a lot of good words in that passage. But I think one of the biggest words, if we're not careful, we can overlook it, is the second to the last word of that verse 15, of whom I am, am chief. He was saying this near the end of his ministry. Yep. You know, and I mean, I, I don't know about you, but. I would like to be half the man that Paul was. Yeah. Yeah. You know, spiritually speaking. And he even at that point realized and, and there again, there's humility. It wasn't that he was putting himself down, but he saw himself in the reality of who Christ is. But he also understood his blood covers <laughs> covers it all. Not only covers it, cleanses me. Yeah.
1: And and, and that's the key. The difference between old testament sacrifice and new testament sacrifice. Old Testament sacrifice is covering of the blood, covering of the sin. Mm -hmm. The New Testament sacrifice is not the covering, but the the doing away with. Mm -hmm. Because it says that when he forgave us, he he forgave us completely. Mm -hmm. Throws it as far as the east is from the west and into the depths of the sea, and he remembers them no more. Mm -hmm. That's why Jesus Christ came to be the Savior Mm -hmm. of the world, because you know, I have a tendency of, you know, when I have a, a particular sin that I do or whatever, I go up to God and I say, God, there I go. I do it again. And I just, it's almost like the Holy Spirit speaking in my mind and saying, did what again? You know, because mm-hmm. remember, I don't remember this. Yeah. You know, it's just as like, this is the first time you've done it. Why? Because I don't remember it. Mm-hmm. You confessed it to me. You got rid of it. And that is the neat thing about the Savior,
0: mm-hmm. Jesus Christ. Yeah. And the thing we've got to again remember, and I know we've, we've said this, I've but I just I can't, we can't forget this, that even though it's a free gift given to us by God, we still have got to receive it. Yep. Because I, I didn't bring a gift today. I probably should have. But let's pretend this is a gift. This is a present here. Mm-hmm. I'm like, here, here, I have a gift for you. There it is. You it's take for your you. hands off. Right. Right. It's for you, Harold. Please take it. If you yeah, now it's yours. Ooh, okay. okay. Thank you. But if it sits there, and you never reach out and grab hold of it, That's right. even though I gave it there for you, you're never going to be able to understand the benefits that it, that the gift has been given because you walked away from it. Right. You haven't received it. It's not that. It's, I, I'm not going to f- take this it's like Harold. Come on, take yeah, this. Beat it, beat you, it. You, right. need, you need to. You need to receive this. You know. And God's not going to do that either. In love, he gives us this gift. Mm -hmm. He says, here it is. I want you to have it. I've done everything I can possibly do. All I want you to do is take it. But you never take it. You're never going to get the benefit. If we don't reach out and accept the gift that was given to us at Christmas, which is Jesus Christ, and accept the blood that was shed for us, we just let it sit on the table. Mm -hmm. We have no right to expect when our last breath is breathed and we find ourselves before the throne of God to say, but God, I thought you loved me. What are you going to send me to hell for? And he's going to be like, I put the gift right before you. Why didn't you take it? Yeah, why didn't you grab a hold of it? The responsibility isn't on him. And, but yeah, I see people all over the place saying, God won't let any good people, won't send any good people to hell. You're right. He won't. He made it possible for nobody to go there. So he doesn't send you there, but you can send yourself there. Yep. By you you got to grab a hold Simply taking hold. You got to grab a hold of it. You know, there's a there's a, a kind of a, a
1: humorous story. You know, there's a flood happening, and a, and a man was praying and saying, "God, send something to rescue me. Send yeah. something to rescue me." And, and a helicopter's going by with a with a long rope, and they're saying, "Grab a hold of the rope." No, God's going to send something to rescue me. And the helicopter leaves, and then there's a boat and. The, God said, jump into my boat. No, 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 there's going to be... You know, wait a minute. How many things does God have to send us before we finally grab a hold? Mm-hmm. And God said, look, I've sent you my son. Grab mm-hmm. a hold of him. Take him that's personally, it. intimately. You take him. Mm-hmm. And, and that's what has to happen. You know, Tim and I as pastors, we wish, you know, I, I certainly do, and I know he does. We wish that we could... For our congregations and our families and our towns and -hmm. and our friends and our loved ones and enemies and everybody. We wish that we could do it all for you, but we can't. All we can do for you is to share with you the gift. Mm -hmm. This is a gift that Jesus Christ has given. He wants to be your Savior. In fact, in Hebrews chapter 5, doing my studying for Sunday morning, Hebrews chapter 5 says in verse 8 and 9, Though he were a son, yet learned he, you see, from the baby up through manhood, learned he obedience by the things which he suffered. Anybody who doesn't think that Jesus didn't suffer until the cross, they don't know Jesus. Jesus banged his thumb or his fingers in the company shop. Jesus probably stu- you know, tripped over some stones. You know, if he's anything like me, he'd probably tripped over a lot of stones. But, you know, tripped over a stone. You know, he he hurt. He was a man. Mm -hmm. He did everything as we did, yet he was without sin. And therefore, that gives him the experience to know, oh, I came to save mankind. I came Mm -hmm. to be the Savior for mankind. But look at verse 9, chapter 5 of Hebrews. And being made perfect, he became the author... The originator, if you will, of eternal salvation unto whom uh, unto all them that obey him. Mm-hmm. And what is his command? His command is not, I I, I demand that you keep the law. Mm-hmm. Well, he can't demand that because guess what? None of us can, mm-hmm. because of what happened at the fall. Mm-hmm. We can't do it. So that can't be his demand. What is his demand? His demand is what you just showed us. Mm-hmm. Take the gift. Mm-hmm. Just grab a hold of the gift. My son. Just grab a hold of him. Take him. Trust him. Mm-hmm. Call unto him and ask him, Come into my life. Save mm-hmm. me. You came to be the Savior. Well, I'm asking you to save me. Mm-hmm. You know, it seems like, you know, a lot of people become offended. When, when you know, you tell them, well, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a saved person or I'm a born again Christian. Do you know that being born again is a biblical term? If you look at John chapter three, yep. he uses it in two instances. Mm-hmm. You must be born again. Mm-hmm. Marvel not that I say unto you, you must be. Not, you know, if you think about it and you consider it, no, you must be born again. Must be to me means must be. Right. I mean, there's no other recourse. There's no other way, but you must be born again. And that's why Jesus Christ came as a baby, but he didn't come to stay a baby. He came to be our Savior. Mm-hmm. And truly, if there's a message that we can give to to our congregations and, our, and our, the world and, and you folks who are watching, is please trust Jesus as your Savior. He's the only one who can be. Mm-hmm. You know?
0: Um, yeah. yeah, in fact, um, I'm, when I even look back at the Old, even the Old Testament had talked about that, um, because if you looked at Isaiah chapter 45, a uh, passage that kind of jumped out at me was verses 20 through 23, and it said that, says, Assemble yourselves and come. Draw near together, you survivors of the nations. They have, and this is God speaking, by the way, they have no knowledge who carry about their wooden idols, who try to serve some other god and keep on praying to a God that cannot save. Declare and present your case. Let them take counsel together. Who told this long ago? Who declared it of old? Was it not I, the Lord? And there is no other God besides me, a righteous God and a savior. There is none beside me. Turn to me and be saved, all the ends of the earth. For I am God, and there is no other. By myself I have sworn, for my mouth has gone out In righteousness, a word that shall not return. And here was the word. This is where I got excited. To me, every knee shall bow, and every tongue shall swear allegiance. Which brings us into the New Testament, into the book of Philippians, chapter 2, verses 6 through 11, where it talks of Jesus said, have the same mind as Christ had, which was what? Who being in the form of God, thought, not thought it not while we to be equal, but made himself of no reputation, took on himself the form of a servant, the likeness of man, and was made in the likeness of men. Being found in a fashion as a man, he humbled himself, became obedient to death, even the death of the cross, wherefore God also has highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name. And this might sound a little familiar, that at the name of Jesus, every knee he should bow. bow. And, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Right. So it was God the Father speaking, but then it, it, you know, it appears, whether it was later or in the midst of that, that it was the Son also speaking. Back there in um, that Old Testament passage where it said to me, every knee is going to bow. Hmm. But that was specifically about Christ. And so, as I heard somebody say once, you know what? Just realize, we're all going to bow. Yep. Whether we want to or not, we're all going to bow. I don't make that choice. I'm not going to make you bow. I'm not going to make anybody bow. That's not my job. Okay? But I choose to bow now in the day of grace. Amen. Yep. Where God's mercy will reign supreme. Versus waiting until after I've died and I've gone before the, the judgment seat of God. Right. And then I find myself bowing, realizing, whoa, he really is real. Yep. But then it's not going to be under the mercy and the grace. It's going to be under the wrath and right. the judgment. Right. You know, and, and I, what I love about that portion of Scripture
1: is every knee shall bow. And I take that literally. Mm-hmm. Satan himself is going to have to bow down before Jesus yeah. Christ the demons and Satan's angels are going to have to bow down one day yeah. before Jesus Christ. Everybody who has ever lived and ever will live mm-hmm. will one day bow down before Jesus. I think of that Fram advertisement, you know, Fram oil filter <laughs> where, the, where the mechanic goes and he's standing in this advertisement and he's holding a Fram oil filter and he says, you can pay me now or you can pay me later." later. And there's a picture of a of an engine being all torn apart because they blew it, you know, they uh-huh. didn't get the fan or whatever. But, and and I, and to me, I would much rather bow before him today and say, Lord, save me. Mm-hmm. Lord, you be my savior. That's why
0: you came. Save me today. Well, again, it's not, and it's because it's realizing, why did he come to save us? Why did he come to save us? Because he's so loved. Yep. So loved he's world. so, and, and he so loves us. Mm-hmm. It's not even just past tense. It's current tense and it's future tense because he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And so it's love that drew him to do it. So understanding that when we choose to bow before him, it's not like we're bowing before some sort of a king that's some evil magistrate who's trying to lord something over us. We're coming before one who loves us more than we could even love ourselves. And we're choosing to bow and submit before that kind of a God. Why not? Yeah, You know?
1: yeah it to me it's a I don't know, it's a no-brainer yeah. you know, and of course I'm saying that now on the other side yeah. <laughs> of already doing it, where I spent 19 years hearing it and not doing it. so yeah, you know there's a, there's a portion of Scripture Tim that I looked up in Luke chapter five, verses 31 to 32 and and the Pharisees and even his his brethren, I guess were, were asking this question, so why did you come? And in verse 31, Jesus answering is said unto them, They that are whole need not a physician, but they that are sick. I came not to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. Okay. You know, those people who sit in, in you know, thinking that, that, well, I'm righteous and I'm holy and I'm not a sinner and I'm all this. Well, then you carry on as you want to, but guess what? Jesus Christ came to save sinners. Mm-hmm.
0: And Paul said, of which I am chief. And that's really the tongue-in-cheek of that verse, isn't it? I came not to call the righteous, but the sinners to repentance. But yet even Jesus himself said, there is no one righteous, no, not not one. No, not one. So it's it's also reemphasized the fact that you you have all sinned. But you've got to come to that realization because a person will never, ever get saved unless they first realize they need saving. Right. Right. There's something that is eating them alive. Yep.
1: And that's that, and that. Was one of the problems with the people that Jesus was talking with, with the Pharisees? They were so religious, and in their religiosity, they thought that they were righteous. Mm-hmm. When in fact, God looked at them just the opposite and saying, "No, you, excuse me, you're sinners. You need salvation." Mm-hmm. You know, it's like the priest that went to the wall, and you got a beggar that went to the wall, and the priest says, "Oh, I'm glad I'm not like this guy, and I tithe, and I do all this, and I." Go into the, the synagogues, and I do all this, and Lord, it's only like, you have to save me because I did all this. And then you have the guy, the beggar, saying, Lord, be merciful to me, the sinner. And which one did Jesus say?
0: Mm-hmm. Which one, which prayer do I did I hear? Yeah, Be merciful to me, a sinner. And, you know, and I kind of see that, a similar picture of that in the story of the woman at the well. And that is actually found, I guess, in a, well, not I guess, I know, um, but in John chapter 4, verses 39 to 42. And here we had that Samaritan woman. The Jews had nothing to do with them. They didn't have anything to do with Jews. But yet Jesus went out of his way with the disciples. You no, know, And he, he went off here to Samaria because he knew that woman was going to be at that well. And he ministered to her. But that wasn't so much what really got me. What got me what happened after that. Because after that, she went and she told the whole town. Because the reason she went to the well later in the day was because she didn't want to be there when all the others were there because of her own conviction right. of where her life was at. She knew she wasn't uh, living the kind of life she needed to live. But Jesus met her there. She went, she told the whole town, guess what? Here's this man that, you know, he said he's told everything about me that he seemed to know, and you really got to meet this guy. Well, it then tells us that the Samaritans asked him to stay with them, and Jesus stayed with them for two more days. And they said something very interesting at the end of that, and it was this. They said to the woman after the two days, because it says many more believed because of his word over those two days. And then they said to the woman, it is no longer because of what you said that we believe, for we have heard for ourselves, and we know that this is indeed the Savior of the world. Excellent. Now, this is Samaritans saying this about a Jewish man. Yep. That not only acknowledging that he was didn't even acknowledge he was a Jew, but he is a savior. But not just the savior of the Samaritans anymore. Because the whole argument was we're the Samaritans, you know, we're we're worshiping up here, this was place to worship, you know. the Jews are kind of doing their thing over there, da da. da, da. But they acknowledge he's not only the savior for us, he is the savior for all. For the whole world. You know, that to me was such an amazing culture shift for them that God was able to do in two days. You know, Tim, and what is really neat, and, and I think you know, in a
1: moment we, you know, we ought to really speak directly to, to the folks mm-hmm. and, and their need, but it just, it just seems to me that, that this is a time where God came to die for the sins mm-hmm. of the whole world. That means the Samaritans, that means the Jews, that means the Gentiles, that means, I don't care, anybody, anybody, everybody, Jesus came and died for their sins. So a lot of people would look at that and say, well, that means I have a free ride. No. What it means is you have to recognize the fact that he died for you personally. You you need to recognize that, that he came and died for you. So that when people go and they stand, we've talked a little bit about judgment today. When people go and stand before God at the judgment of God, they will not be judged for their sin because Jesus already died and paid for that. Mm-hmm. They'll be judged on what they did when they heard that Jesus came to be their Savior. Mm-hmm. Did they scoff at it? Did they laugh it off? Did they say, well, you know, I don't need a Savior. I'm okay. I'm... No, you're not. Yeah, and that's why Jesus Christ came, as he came, to be the Savior of the world. Mm-hmm. Because none of us are good enough. Matter of that's fact, right. in Romans 3.23, what's it say? All have sinned mm-hmm. and come short of the glory of God. Then in Romans 6.23, it goes and tells us that because we are all sinners, there are wages that are going to be paid us. Mm-hmm. What is that? The wages of sin is death. death. But, my favorite word, if anybody were to ask anybody who goes to the community Christian church, what is Pastor Noyce's favorite word, probably 95% of my church would say, oh, my pastor's favorite word is but. But, the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Mm -hmm. Okay? The way of sin is death, but Jesus Christ paid that debt Mm -hmm. so that people like you and me and anyone else who has asked Jesus Christ to come into their life and save them from their sin, they would be washed clean and made mm-hmm. a child of God. Yep. To me, that is what the message of Christmas is all about. That's what the message of Christmas ought to be about. Mm-hmm. The same as the message of Easter. Yep. Why? Because Easter is a showing. He has conquered. He has, he has you know, proven who he is. Christmas, he's come down to show us who he is. Easter, this is what I've done. And I'm proving it by removing mm-hmm. the stone, walking out of here as a live person. Mm-hmm. You know, and what a, what a marvelous, you know, message that is for you and me. Yeah. But it starts with Christmas.
0: Mm-hmm. And in Christmas, I guess you could say his words, had he been able to speak as an infant, would have been, it has started. It has started, yeah. And Easter came and It, it is, is finished. finished.
1: Yeah, for 33 years, mm-hmm. right? Here's the span of time. It started here,
0: it finished here.
1: Mm-hmm. And guess what? You know, that's why, you know, I, I love it where in Hebrews 12 it says, He is the author mm-hmm. and the finisher of our faith. Yeah. He, is the, he is the creator of it. He is the originator of it. But guess what? He provided everything needed. You know, and, and I guess, I guess Tim, if we could just take the next two or three minutes, because mm-hmm. Colin has already told us it's the end, you know, to, to just provide for the people. Look, you personally have to ask Jesus Christ to come into your life and save you. You personally. I can't do it for you. Tim can't do it for you. We can pray for you, but guess what? <laughs> Excuse me. You personally have to do this. And what I... The way that I I like doing it is this. You know, you recognize, you tell Jesus, and it's not gonna come to him by any surprise. So don't think, God, I'm gonna shock you. I'm a sinner. And God says, yes, I know. Yeah, I'm a sinner. But Lord, I ask that you take away my sins. And Lord, that you would forgive me of my sin. And that you would cleanse me from my sin. That's why you came as a baby. That's why you came to live for 33 years. That's why you died on the cross at Calvary. Every single aspect of those 33 years was to show us that He came to save sinners. Mm-hmm. Would you, this moment, just say, Jesus, I'm a sinner. Come into my life, save me, give me a brand new life like you promised? And I believe you've done that. I know that in my life, when I trusted Christ as my Savior, I knew that. All of a sudden, my sins were washed away. I was cleansed. I was clean. And I was
0: given a new life. And Jesus even said, if you'll simply confess your sins, that he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us of all unrighteousness. You just got to ask. All you got to do is ask. He's going to be right there with open arms.
1: You know, Tim, and, and I know a lot of people who may be watching would say, but that just sounds too simple. Well, Paul says this, this is an amazing verse, and a lot of people don't know it. It's an amazing verse in the scripture where Paul says, I came to proclaim the simplicity Mm
0: -hmm. of the gospel. Mm -hmm.
1: God made it simple.
0: It is simple. We'll also tell you it won't be easy. Yep. You know, it, it will be hard because you're going against the grain of society. Yep. But you know what human nature. Your God says he'll never leave you or forsake you. Yep. You know, when when you name his name, he is quick to he, he's got your back, your front, your sides, yep. and your top and your under. You yep. know. Um, you're you're no longer in it alone. Just just ask him. You won't be sorry. Yeah. You won't be sorry. Let me let me close with this, and then we have some advertisements doing but
1: let me let me close with this. Why don't you give Jesus Christ a birthday present? And give him Yourself Mm -hmm. Jesus I'm a sinner come into my life save me And you know something he would say that's the best birthday present anybody could ever give me Mm -hmm. Is give me Jesus? There's a little song we sing. What can I give him and it ends up give him your heart Mm -hmm. That's all he asked for I'm pastor Harold Noise, pastor of the Community Christian Church We are located on the Lower Road in Athens, Vermont. Our morning worship service is at 9.30 every Sunday morning. And then we also have a Sunday evening service at 6. Let me remind you again. This Sunday night, the 22nd, we are having a a Christmas cantata. Um, Tim is doing the playing of the piano. You're going to want to watch this and see this because what a pianist he is. He's playing the whole cantata for us. We're singing it, and it's just been a delight practicing it. I really hope you would come out and you would worship with us, you know, the Lord Jesus Christ for what he has done. And the title of our cantata again is The Greatest Story Ever Told. That's six o'clock this Sunday night at the Community Christian Church. So come on out. We'd love to worship with you, whether it be nine thirty Sunday morning or six o'clock Sunday night. I would advertise the other Bible studies, but being Christmas week we're not having them this week. So um, I'll just give you those two. The 29th, you have something,
0: too. Yeah, on the,
1: thank you. On the 29th, we are having a, a, a concert that was postponed because of a snowstorm on the 1st. The Joyful Noise is going to do their Christmas concert a little bit after Christmas, but still it's the Christmas season. And the Joyful Noise will be there at, at CCC at 6 o'clock once again, the 29th. Um, So come on out and hear the joyful noise. They have a lot of new songs they're going to be singing, a lot of wonderful, wonderful songs, and just pray that Patty gets better so she can sing. And then, on the 5th, we have another concert. Tim is coming over with his church body, um, Church choir, to present to us their cantata, and that also is Sunday night, Uh, I think it's... uh, January 5th. Right? January 5th, yeah. January 5th. So we have a lot of singing, a lot of music coming into CCC
0: the 22nd, 29th, and January 5th. Come on out. That's Sunday night, 6 o'clock. In the Charlestown area, come on down. Uh, worship with us Sunday mornings at 11 o'clock. We have coffee hour at 10. Uh, this week, as you heard, Song of Joy is the name of the Christmas cantata we are doing. On the twenty-second, eleven o'clock, our church, and January fifth at six p.m. at their church. My own personal recommendation would come on down, uh, hear it down at our church on the twenty-second, see what it's like, and invite your friends out on January fifth when we get a chance to do it again in Athens, and because uh, you'll be able to know a little more of what it's about, and you'll be able to follow up with them. Um, do us also another favor uh, if during this program today that you really took to heart what it is we talked about, and you prayed that prayer, um, asking Christ to come into your heart, do us a favor, just drop us a note if you're on Facebook at facebook.com slash Heartline Ministries. Just say... I accepted Christ today mm-hmm. um, and just so we can celebrate with you um, and just be praying for you in the days ahead and see if there's any tools that we can put into your hands uh, free of charge uh, to help you on your new walk with Christ and uh, but thank you for tuning in get the word out there about Heartline tell your friends about us
1: well I'm Pastor noise with Pastor Golden we want to wish you a very very Merry Christmas <laughs>